What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. Oasis is the college and young adult ministry at Park West Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Come hang out with us if you're ever in the area on a Thursday night. We'd love to meet you face to face. If you don't already, make sure you follow us on social media at Oasis PWC to stay updated with everything going on here with the Oasis family. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message. Let's jump in. I'm so glad that you're here. One more time, turn to your neighbor and say, woo. All right, I'm going to jump into the word tonight. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to the gospel of John chapter 9. John chapter 9, as I said earlier, make sure you come back next week for our relationship series. I'm not joking when I say it's one of my favorite things that we do. You're going to get some, um, some healthy, just biblical principles for health relationships. You're also going to get uh, some, maybe to hear some, from some other voices. I love to bring in some married folk that have been doing this for a little while to hear their insight. But we're going to talk about what healthy boundaries look like. We're, listen, it really is God's will for you to have good friendships and a good dating friendship layout. And man, it's going to be good. You don't miss it. When are we doing that? When do we start that? Anybody? Yeah, next week. <laughs> oh, awesome. Pretty soon. The Gospel of John chapter 9. Are we there? All right. John chapter 9. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, As he went along, this is Jesus, as Jesus went along, he saw a blind or a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is where it gets good. Are you ready? After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he said, wash in the pool of Siloam. And this word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Title for tonight's message from my note takers in the room is All I Need. Turn to your neighbor and say, All I Need. need. One more time like you meet it. Turn to your neighbor and say, "All All I Need. Let's pray together. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are, in fact, all I need. Thank you that tonight we all can come to you as individuals and as a corporate body and just receive your love, receive your transformation. I ask tonight that you genuinely would impact and transform our lives in a way that only you can, and that we would gain some friends in the process. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. My goodness, this was an absolutely incredible summer. It's been a little wild. COVID still kind of had its time, and that's been just a whole thing. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to talk about that. Everybody just gave me some serious stank face as soon as I said that. Not trying to get all that. But this was a crazy summer. Livy and I got to get back to semi-normal life. We went and did some youth camps. Where my youth camp people in the house? There was like four of you that like youth camp. The rest of you are like remembering youth camp and like the bad parts of youth camp. Youth camp is the bomb.com. I love it. I would live at Signal Mountain over the summer if I could. I love some youth camp. Another thing that we did, see the problem though, we traveled so much over the summer that we gained weight. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. 
There is this thing for my married people in the room, maybe you remember, but there is this thing called like first year marriage weight. It's a real thing. It's kind of like freshman college weight. They talk about that too. Yeah, freshman 15, there it is. It's like that for married couples on a whole other world. And let me tell you, Livy and I were so serious about this, we didn't gain a pound for the first year. But you see, we celebrated our first year anniversary in May. And then it was all downhill from there. We both went into the summer living it up. I went on vacation. And when I went on vacation, I ate dessert every day for every meal. Why? Because it was there. It was the right thing to do. I didn't, I didn't want to upset anybody, right? And then we went on a trip with my in-laws, with Livy's family. And my father-in-law does not gain nothing ever. His metabolism is ridiculous. So we'd be at lunch and he's like, Caleb, you want some ice cream with your lunch? And I'm like, I don't want to disrespect my father-in-law. I'll take three scoops. Pastor Paul, come on with it. Then dinner comes around. And my father-in-law again is like, hey, you want some, you know, some post-dinner ice cream? And I'm like, we have post-lunch ice cream. He said, but this is Rocky Road. Put me down for two scoops, brother. Let's go with it, right? Before I knew it, I had gained a solid 10 pounds. I was like, okay, we got to get this figured out. The night we got home, I'm not kidding you, the night we got home from vacation with my in-laws, I'm in bed, it's like one in the morning, and I told Libby, I said, hey, I heard about this thing called Whole30. Have you ever heard of Whole30? If you haven't, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> Don't. Take it from me, don't look it up. You don't need to know. It's fine, it's fine. It's like a 30 day, like it's not really, they tell you it's not a diet, they also tell you it's not a detox, but it is a diet and a detox. That is what it is, okay? And, and what it does is it's kind of like keto diet or something, but it's even less fun. It's even less fun. You can't have peanuts and peanut butter and that kind of thing because it's an inflammatory thing. I literally, I found myself like 25 days in craving things that normal people don't crave. I was so tired of eating lettuce and spinach and grilled chicken, and there's only so much pineapple you can eat and still be okay. Listen, it's great for those of you that are like, I love fruit. Yeah, but if you eat it with every meal every day for 30 days, you're done. I was done. I remember one night we were like three and a half weeks in, and I was craving peanut butter and jelly on wheat bread. I wasn't craving like pie. It was like peanut butter jelly on wheat bread. Why? Because the whole time we were eating this weird almond butter and all I wanted was normal peanut butter. 30 days in and I was so ready to quit. I just wanted normalcy. I wanted peanut butter. I want, I'm a sucker for a pot pie. I don't know what it is, but the like the microwave pot pies, y'all know what I'm talking about? I wanted that. We always, we're young enough to always have some ramen in the pantry. All right, I was craving ramen. I just wanted normal food 30 days and I thought I was going to die but my 30 days of just wanting normal food pales in comparison to the poor man in this story this guy was born without being able to see and you got to understand in this time the context for that is huge illness and we'll get into this in a minute but any illness in general everybody was terrified of so this man has been born into a culture that doesn't know how to handle him. His everyday life, his social standing, just looking at the people around him, everything is different. 
What's crazy is, is we don't know the guy's exact age, but where we opened up with this passage of Scripture, the Bible says that as Jesus was walking, he saw a man sitting there, right? Not a boy, not a teenager, a man. How many years has this guy spent unable to just live the quote-unquote normal life? My goodness, he's never seen the beauty of fall leaves changing, which is come and praise God. By the way, for those of you that care, UT was up by a couple touchdowns a minute ago when I looked at the score. <laughs> praise God. Try not to spoiler alert. This poor guy has never played catch with his friends. Simple little things that we so often take for granted. 30 days of me longing just to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich really can't compare to what this poor guy has been through. Jesus walks up and he sees this man sitting and begging on the streets and he starts a conversation with him. And this is where the story, it makes for one of the most famous stories in scripture because Jesus spits in the dirt and rubs spit mud on this poor man's eyes. And I want to point something out. There's a lot of places in scripture where it doesn't give the full story of what's happened here, but there's no conversation according to this. I have to believe that Jesus like walks up and introduces himself to this poor blind guy because the story would have been hysterical if he didn't. Because he couldn't see him coming. I'm not trying to be that way. And Jesus just <laughs> spat with spit mud. It's not getting any better, guys. I really am the pastor. I can't imagine what it must have been like. Again, even for the disciples, right? You're watching from the side. They're like, what's Jesus going to... <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He tells the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The dude goes and washes and is healed. His whole life. He's never seen the person in front of him in the conversation. He's never seen the dirt that he walks in. And for the first time ever, he gets a taste of normal life in the most unorthodox way. If you're a note taker in the room, the first thing I want you to take note of is that Jesus went to this guy. He didn't even have to go looking for Jesus. That's crazy. And again, I hate to lean into the blindness issue here, but the guy couldn't have even gone to find Jesus. There may be people around you that don't even know what they need. And this story, it's literal blindness, but so often around us in our own lives and in the lives of your friends, your family, your coworkers, your teachers, your peers, they literally don't even know what they need to be looking for. They can't see it. But my goodness, you realize that Jesus walks right up to this guy and just puts spit mud all over his face. <laughs> the most unorthodox way. Jesus steps into this man's life and uses the strangest methods to heal him. Again, for my note takers in the room, the second thing you can write down is don't underestimate Jesus' ability to heal in any situation. I'm not ignorant. I, I'm not old. I'm also not super young. I've lived through some stuff, okay? And I know what it looks like to have moments where you pray for radical healing and it happens. I also know what it looks like to pray for radical healing and it not be immediate. 
And it is so easy to just be real for a minute. It is so easy to lose hope and to lose faith when you've been praying about this thing for a minute. This poor man was born blind to the point that the disciples want to understand why this happened. Did he sin? Did his family sin? How did he get caught up in this whole thing? Do not underestimate Jesus' ability to heal in any situation. Regardless of how many times you've prayed and what it's looked like. And along with that, do not put Jesus in a box for how to heal you. If there's anything that we can take from this story, it's that Jesus can heal you however he chooses to heal you. Even with spit mud. That sounds so silly and it's playful and I get it, but my God can do whatever he wants to do. He's that good. He can step into any situation. There are some of us, man, let me be really over practical. There are some of us that will pray and pray and pray and pray for freedom from a pornography addiction, but you refuse to delete the apps that you keep going to to look at it. And I know because I've been there. I've been there. There are some of us that have been through legitimate pain and suffering and issues and the PTSD and the struggle and the anxiety and the depression is real. It's real. But we refuse to talk to a counselor that could help. Because there are times that you get in this altar and you pray and Jesus heals immediately. There are also times when God intentionally has put somebody in your path to bring that healing. So we do both. In a little bit, we'll be right down here and I will pray with you and believe that Jesus can heal you because he can. And in one moment, just like this man that was born blind, Jesus can come through here and heal everybody in the room and I believe he's going to. But don't underestimate his abilities to heal you however he chooses to heal you. This man was born into an unfair position. He's dealt an awful hand that messes with his everyday life, his daily physical life, his literal perspective on life, but Jesus just shows up, walks into his life. God himself became flesh and Jesus walks up to this guy out of nowhere and changes his entire life just because he loves him. And it may sound like a cliche thing for a pastor to ask, but do you, do you believe that he loves you that way? That like he did for this man, that he would just roll up and heal you just because he loves you? You can feel it in the room, can't you? Like a heaviness, like a, a tangible, uh, pastor, it's been a hard week. Oh, man, and Jesus is here on purpose. I don't know who I'm talking to. That sounds like such an old school Pentecostal pastor thing to say. I don't know who I'm talking to. But Jesus loves you and Jesus sees you and he cares one of my favorite things about this scripture and about this story, there's a lot of places in scripture, a lot of times in scripture 
where a miracle happens and there's not a whole lot of extra context. This is one of the stories <laughs> where it gives you some extra things that are going on. If you go through and, and you read some of these passages and you study, it's funny to me, the older that I get, I'm starting to realize that almost every different social group like had clothes <laughs> where you could see who somebody was, tell who they were, tell a lot about them by what they were wearing. If you go through and you study, you'll find that the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they had these cloaks that they would wear. Sick people literally weren't allowed to be in the city if they were had severe illness. They would cast them out and they had to wear specific clothes to represent who they were. If you read the rest of chapter 9, you'll see that people knew this man because he would sit on the side of the road and beg. He was known as the blind man that just begged on the side of the road. So then Jesus comes through and heals him. And everybody around is freaking out. Rightfully so. The religious leaders have no idea what to do with what's just happened. The Bible says in the rest of chapter 9, you got to go read it. You're going to get the Pastor Caleb translation for tonight. Bible says that the religious leaders, they find the man that was born blind that's now been healed and they bring them to him and they start to question him and honestly like interrogate him because they're so frustrated by what's just happened. They have no idea how to handle this Jesus guy that's just shown up. The Bible says that they bring him to him and they question him. They're so confused and stressed that they go get the guy's parents and they bring him and they're like, is this your son? Is this the one that everybody said was blind yesterday? And they're terrified because they know the division that's happening in the world based on, is Jesus the Messiah? So they're like, yeah, that's our son, but we don't know what's happened. So again, they bring the man that was born blind and it's so incredible. They bring this blind man, huh, used to be blind man, back in and they're like, okay, tell us the truth. Listen to this in verse 24 says a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said, because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. And listen to this. Oh, he said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind and now I see. Hear me. Your generation that you live in right now is one of the most passionate, wholehearted, committed group of people that has ever walked the earth. And because of that, people fervently believe what they believe. It's just the reality of what you're living in. And that's always been life, but it's like it's something special right now. Yeah? You're nodding at me like, yeah, I know what you're saying. I want you to hear me clearly. You don't have to have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. <laughs> You just need to taste and see that the Lord is good because people will start to notice that you see all of a sudden. There's some people in the room that in the last couple weeks, the last couple months, the last couple years, you care about stuff that you didn't used to care about. There's some people that a year ago, two years ago, racism was nowhere on your radar. And now you're heartbroken about it for your brothers and sisters that are going through things that you just can't imagine. Let me be, let me come on with it. There's some people in the room that haven't cared about abortion that are starting to now. Hold on. There's some people in the room that haven't cared about the women that have dealt with abortion that now are starting to. 
There's some people that when you get around friends that are cursing all the time and doing things that you don't want to be a part of, it bothers you. And it didn't used to, but it does now. And people start to notice. Because for this man, Jesus showed up and literally opened his eyes. My prayer tonight is that Jesus would show up and open our eyes. That we would see different. We'd see each other different. We'd see him different. That God would show up and open blind eyes. Gosh, you know what I love? The playfulness of this. He says, I don't know if the guy's a sinner or not. But now I can see. Do you have questions tonight that you can't answer? Just call on the name of Jesus. Do you have friends and family that are frustrated and angry and just spouting hate? Just call on the name of Jesus. Are you confused about the future? You don't have it all figured out? Whatever level of questioning you're on, just call on the name of Jesus. Do you need healing tonight? Call in the name of Jesus. An hour before service, I was on the phone with a buddy of mine whose father is in ICU with COVID. We're going to call on the name of Jesus. Jesus is all you need. And pastors have have made a living preaching great principles for how to do life better. But it's really not all that complicated. Jesus. Jesus shows up and he heals and he transforms. And I believe tonight he wants to do that. So will you stand with me? Eyes closed and heads bowed. When I was a kid in the youth group, um, a song came out. We used to sing it all the time. It says, uh, there's no way out except through a miracle. No way up the mountain except to climb it. Everything you've hoped for, it seems gone. And every dream you've dreamed, it seems so far away. Lift your voice and say, all I need to do is worship. All I need to do is say His name out loud. All I need to do is lift my hand, surrender, and bow down. All I need to do is find Him. presence fall all I need to do is worship worship the Lord with nobody looking around if you're in the room tonight and you say Caleb I am um, 
I'm struggling. I'm tired. I'm anxious. I'm physically sick. I'm overwhelmed. Life is just not working right now. And I need a touch from Jesus. Would you throw a hand up for me? Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. If you're in the room tonight and you'd say, Pastor Caleb, I don't even know that I've ever called on the name of Jesus. Or I have gone far from Him. And I'm afraid that if I call to Him tonight, I don't even know if He'll answer So I want to give my life back to Jesus or to Jesus for the first time. If that's you, will you throw a hand up for me? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Jesus, we need a touch from you tonight. We're not in a hurry. So Holy Spirit, please be here. And we know that you're always here, but but manifest your presence here. That the heavy burden would be lifted. You said that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. So we trade tonight. The junk we've been carrying, the mess we've been dealing with, we give it to you tonight. I want to invite our our prayer team members to come down to the altar for a minute. In a second, we're going we're gonna to have us a Nerf war. And we're going to live it up. But this is why we're here. So if you were one of the 10 or 15 that said, Pastor, I'm, I'm struggling. I need a touch from Jesus tonight. I want to encourage you to come down to the altar. We'd love to pray with you. If you don't want anybody to pray with you, lift your hands where you are. Give it to Jesus. Don't underestimate his ability to heal you regardless of the situation, regardless of how many times you've prayed. Lord Jesus, we give you however long you want. And we ask that you'll bring healing over the house tonight. So I ask for boldness for every hurting heart in the room to just run after you. In Jesus' name.